0: So Cameron, you're uh you're playing Starfield, eh? Yep. Yep. You're on that you're on that Starfield shit. I'm yep. I'm on that Baldur's Gate shit, so you know the uh, the LU boys folks they're gaming right now. <laughs> not not right this second, but Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. not right this
1: second. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um I would obviously also be playing Baldur's Gate if I had a, a better PC, but yeah. Um, thankfully, good news is that yeah. I will be able to play that sometime this year, so that's good. Yeah, um, I'm unfortunately living on planet Xbox, which I know yeah. is an unpopular take, but yeah. the only few people that I ever play online with are Xbox guys, so that sort of yeah, decided Xbox it. Yeah, Xbox fanboys. Um, yep. And yeah, but yeah, so Starfield. Starfield came out last night, and uh, I've been playing for a few hours. And yeah. it's good. Um, I wouldn't yeah. have done the the early access thing, but I had Microsoft sent me a gift card for like twenty five bucks, and it's on yeah. Game Pass. And so basically, I, for like eight bucks, I got <laughs> yeah you know, early access. I was like, all right, I can. How, do that. how did you get the twenty five dollar gift card? I don't even remember. Huh. I just That's I nice. just saw that I had it. Um, I saw that I had it in my. Whatever on my account, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool," Um, because I was going in to request a refund for something else. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't even remember what, Um, because I don't really play games much. And so I like, I like bought a game, and then I was like, I played for like forty-five minutes, and I was like, "This sucks! I'm so mad that I just spent seventy dollars on this and and requested a refund." And then I was like, "Oh, I have this like twenty-five dollar gift card." So, but yeah, I'm I'm like probably four hours into Starfield, and like have barely touched the main quests. You know, which is sort of what you do. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think some of the initial reviews are a little silly. You know, I've only been with it for a few hours, but like for, for, for companies to be giving it like a seven out of 10 is like pretty fucking nuts. Considering like, dude, I, I spent like a couple hours with the newest, um, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. And like, I could not have been like less excited about a video game. It was like, I loved Breath of the Wild, but it was like, imagine, imagine. You know, five years later, and in between Breath of the Wild and now, like Red Dead Redemption's come out, like all these games yeah. that are just like unbelievable have come out. And Nintendo's like, cool, we're gonna put out Breath of the Wild again, um, except instead <laughs> of uh, you know this thing being the you know now you got to build your own um, hand glider, and
0: but you yeah. have to do it. Um, it's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. you know what On- I mean? <laughs> and like honestly, like I got like twenty five hours I think in total into Breath of the Wild recently yeah. that was like this year and i was just like yeah um i might not play this game again it's <laughs> kind of i really liked breath of the wild but again like i've played a lot yeah. of other stuff since then that i oh, that dude. I the thing is i and... played it after elden ring and what i remember when elden ring came out everybody was like yeah this is just like way like this is a lot like breath of the wild yeah. but more like an adult game and also like with like way better controls and handling obviously it's a it's a from soft right. game right And, like, dude, trying to do the horseback in Breath of the Wild after Elden Ring, which has, like, the best horseback gameplay ever, Yeah, I was just, like, getting so mad because the horse, like, you're trying to run from something that's, like, killing you, and then the horse will see a rock, a tiny little rock on the ground, and be like, I'm going to stop short and, like, kick back, and then you're just gonna get blasted by, like, some uh like ancient machinery right. like projectile and it's like okay well, this so, sucks.
1: so yeah i mean and that's a that's the thing so like i i, I really liked breath of the wild and i i yeah. played through that game and, and did everything right and it yeah. was fun but then yeah like you said so like <laughs> other open world games have come out that have clearly learned a lot from breath of the wild but are also yeah. you know coming out on like better hardware and I, yeah. I i don't know so i i played that game and i was like this kind of sucks and i stand by that like i just think it's pr- i just think it's kind of bad like tears of the kingdom yeah. i know there's a lot of like zelda nintendo fan people out there who yeah. like no matter what the game is they'll just be like this is a fucking best and like
0: you know yeah you see I-, I also have a big problem with nintendo as a company just because they're like litigious as fuck yeah like there, there's that like story right now this guy who already went to prison for like jailbreaking switches yeah and now that he's out of prison nintendo is like putting their like uh uh you know they're like just like twisting the knife by garnishing his wages for the rest of his life yeah that like he also owes them 25 million which i mean 25 million i mean that's like a fucking fart in the wind for nintendo you know what i mean like they're just they're just making a point of this guy like yeah you've already gone to prison for jailbreaking and selling jailbroken switches which have not really a far harmed our bottom line But now, also for the rest of your life, we're going to be garnishing your wages. Well, you know, you know,
1: um, (laughs) which they've they've got a long history with legal battles. (laughs) You know that the character of Kirby is named after a lawyer, right? No. So, is that real? Yeah. And I'm going to, uh, forget specifics. But so basically, um, When Nintendo was first, you know, really getting big with video games, though, because they've been a company for a long time. They made like playing cards and shit, and pachinko, yeah, and yeah, whatever. Yeah. But so they started making video games, and obviously one of the original IPs is Donkey Kong, which was, yeah. you know, the classic Donkey Kong is you're playing Mario and you're yeah. jumping up to try to save Peach, and Donkey Kong's the gorilla up there, whatever. And so, um, yeah. what's the what's is it Universal or MGM? Who owns who owns King Kong?
0: I'm not sure. Isn't it Nintendo? Nintendo owns King. Oh, King Kong. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think that's
1: Universal. Um, Warner Bros.
0: Oh, it's Warner Bros. Okay. It's at
1: least Warner Brothers now. I don't know. I, I, uh, so, yeah. um, so Warner Brothers owns King Kong, and they saw the success of Donkey Kong, and Warner Brothers, along with some of the other big movie studios at the yeah. time, were like considering getting into video games because it was like this yeah. new profitable thing. Yeah, yeah. and then they saw that there was this Donkey Kong character who's like yeah. clearly you know an ape of King Kong no pun intended and they were like oh we're gonna we're gonna sue into this little new because Nintendo at this point was like an upstart young small company it's mm-hmm. like we're gonna sue this company for for copyright infringement for this game that they're putting yeah. out um, not to mention the fact that when Donkey Kong came out there was like a huge wave of Donkey Kong clones from other companies that game was just like yeah. it changed everything in video games so yeah yeah um, they sued them and Nintendo hired uh, an American lawyer because they were being sued in in American copyright court and yeah. his last name was Kirby and yeah. I forget what his name was uh, let's see yeah. John 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 Kirby jr. Um, mm-hmm. and so he was their defense lawyer, and he successfully uh, defended them. Oh, and it was it was Universal Studios at that point. Okay. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That so I thought it was Universal. I was surprised to see. I feel like Warner Universal's Bros. been bought by Warner. Bros., that must be it. That, yeah. Um. So Univer- right? Because the Universal monsters are like the yeah. The, that's like the thing. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So anyway, John Kirby defended Nintendo successfully. Um, and it was, and it, frankly, it seems like it was like a pretty cut and dry case of like clearly donkey kong falls within the realm of parody and yeah that is there's a certain amount of legal protection there um and so whatever so they were working on this other new character this like little pink guy a few years later and and basically sucks up everything if they'd if they'd (laughs) right and if they'd lost this court case against universal it probably just would have ended nintendo as a company they didn't have the money for that it would have bankrupted them and so that's another example of the then big dog company being like we're gonna make a point and just fucking we don't need the 100 mil but that'll fucking wreck these people and then we can you know move in and make video games but nintendo won and so then they named kirby after john kirby and uh it's just funny to see the the parallel there. Anyway, the whole reason yeah. that I mentioned Zelda in the first place is IGN gave that game a fucking ten out of ten. They gave Tears of the yeah. Kingdom a perfect score, and it's literally at best that game is like a DLC yeah. for a game that came out seven years ago or whatever. And yeah. again, admittedly, a game that I had fun with, but they just did like a palette swap. It's the same map. It's this. They added, and yeah. you know, people that love the game will be like, "Oh, well, you can go in the sky and you can go underground." It's like, yeah, fucking cool but there's yeah. nothing up there it's you know what i mean it's just like it's yeah, yeah. it's boring it's 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 just yeah. not a fun game and i'm not some like graphics obsessed guy but like mm-hmm. you know i've had more fun in the first three hours of of starfield literally just fucking around like i'm just talking yeah. to people doing little fetch quests just like getting a few levels under my belt yeah. i haven't even done anything cool i've been in like two gunfights and i've had more fun than i've had in the same amount of time playing tears of the kingdom so like yeah. you know anyway I think it's a fun yeah, game, and I I know yeah. you're loving Baldur's Gate.
0: Yeah, Baldur's Gate's like probably already a top ten game all the time for me. I'm like forty hours in. Yeah, I can't wait for you to have to make the life altering decision of which waifu to take—Carlac or Shadowheart. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Who says
1: I'm going to take either one of them?
0: Yeah, I mean, you might. Yeah, you might.
1: You might go with one of the fellows like Gale. You know. Yeah, but aren't there um, also other romanceable female characters?
0: Yeah, there's the Lizard Lady Lazel who's the uh Githyanki?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I was she, thinking yeah, about she that. she's
0: a mink she just she's just straight up her character is like I want to fuck you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that I I don't know. I've been seeing some trailers and yeah. stuff and I feel like she might be
0: the one for me. And then yeah. there's isn't there like a dark elf later that you can get down with? no the, yeah, there, there's other people too and like sometimes like if you don't get somebody in act 1, I think they can join your team in act 2. I'm still fucking in act 1. I'm like 40 hours in. Yeah. Um
1: yeah i mean but, the game is supposed to be uh, so here's the thing yeah i'd be uh, you know and i'm enjoying starfield but if if yeah. Baldur's gate was out right now on a, a system i could Dang, play i'd be playing now so fucking good. um it
0: it, it Just is the way shit more... that happens in this game is ridiculous yeah um yeah it looks it looks awesome no yeah. but anyway we we got we got some pages of notes to do for this episode mm-hmm. so uh let's uh let's start it okay So, uh, for, for, and, uh, and stop me if you've heard this before, and, uh, and a first for Left on Red, we will, uh, not be doing the episode that we said we were going to do.
1: I know, and I actually but, didn't, I didn't know this until today, I was, but yeah. I, I will be doing, uh, yeah. the episode I said I was gonna do. Okay, yeah. yeah. Not this And thing. then my, yeah. And I, frankly, but, uh, I said I was gonna do it, like, four weeks ago, so,
0: <laughs> it's not like I can <laughs> wag my finger. Yeah, yeah, um. But uh, no, so uh, the reason that I called an Audible uh, for this was because, folks, we're diving once again below the waters of the North Atlantic because Vanity Fair released this massive expose into Mm Oceangate and its CEO, Stockton Rush, that immediately I became obsessed with everything about this case again. Mm -hmm. And I just, I mean, I just had to do an episode on it. Because it also, uh, there's, a, there's a tangent at the end of it that, uh, that I was keyed into from this article that I need to discuss as well. Okay. Um, so without further ado, folks, let's venture all the way back to June of 2023 to the story that captivated the nation. The doomed <laughs> submersible Titan that set sail from Canada to view the wreckage of the Titanic in the North Atlantic Ocean. Much like that ocean liner, the submersible disaster was years in the making and helmed by a man that refused to listen to warning after warning about just what he was heading into. And, you know, uh, like basically everybody else in America and I imagine the rest of at least the English speaking world, Cameron and I were completely fixated on the story when it happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This was like,
1: d- <laughs> dude, I I'm like dude. With this story, dude.
0: And so was everybody. I like, I like, dude. The entire there were so many takes on it because it was like
1: it was like a it was like a, you know, there was that really tepid like surface level, you know, media take that was just like, oh, it's a tragedy. But it's it was interesting because I think this is one of the the first that I can think of like major stories like this where there was legitimate and really public pushback against that narrative. Instead yeah. of everybody just getting on board with it, which I think, you know, even 10 years ago, you probably would have seen yeah. a lot more people just being like, oh, it's a tragedy, it's not funny, we shouldn't... There's there's a legitimate yeah. uh, case to be made here that it was, like, good and right to fucking
0: yeah. roast these assholes. And yeah, again, we made d- Yeah, point- people are just like... Choked to death choked to death choked to <laughs> yeah. like every like like dude like half the country was just like this is a tragedy and half the country was like send more send more
2: billionaires
0: send more
1: dude. right
2: and again <laughs> i think
0: we made this point
1: then but uh you know the kid the kid who died yeah we know, felt yeah i felt real bad sorry. About we that. are we are sorry about that the rest yeah. of these fucking assholes yeah these, these <laughs> Yeah, Ooh, it was yeah. Let's get some more titans going down there. Uh, let's just <laughs> yeah, fucking send, jam these send, things wall to wall with a, billionaires. Send a rescue miss- mission. Same sub,
0: same type of sub. Yeah, just... send, yeah, th- yeah. They had an older sub. Send that one down there. Bucket. Yeah, um, but like, dude, pack them like, into a steel I mean, like, drum and was... just
1: weight it down with rocks.
0: <laughs> yeah, and if like, and if you if for some reason uh, you've forgotten just how nuts this was, like fucking like CNN and shit had the oxygen counter at all times. Uh, during the week that the sub was missing they had that like oxygen counter on the screen with like the hours oh the most morbid run out
1: fucking thing yeah. i've ever Dude. seen was the cnn yeah, so, like, oxygen all, counter because all those motherfuckers and obviously we know this with the benefit of hindsight but if yeah. you go back and evan has it marked here if you go back to episode yeah. 87 uh yeah. of the show and even before because i think we were talking about it before but like yeah we 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 fucking we thought these people were going to be dead You know what I mean? Everybody was saying that. Like, there's no fucking way these people are going to survive. And so to have this counter on there that's like an oxygen counter, it's like, so what do you hope? I mean, the best case scenario, okay, is that they just were vaporized instantly, which is what happened. Okay? And that's a good thing. Which is obviously what happened, That's And that's a good thing, frankly. Like, do I mourn the loss of these idiots? Not really. But I also didn't, like want them to be stuck in a tube at the bottom of the ocean like that, <laughs> slowly dying of pressure and air loss like that sounds yeah. and so <laughs> CNN's it's like come on we we're, we're not finding them you know we're not finding yeah. them yeah you know it's literally like these dudes worse have been dead i would <laughs> rather find a needle in a haystack you know what i mean yeah. like this yeah, is yeah, yeah, this yeah. is so impossible to solve that the, the yeah. notion that we're all just sitting here waiting for when it's like there's no way they're still alive like yeah, fuck up. and anybody that's like oh it's I'm hopeful no you're not no one's yeah. hopeful no one who's not dude, fucking I mean, and here's, completely yeah, dude, I mentally like- incapacitated <laughs> is hopeful that these people are gonna fucking survive <laughs> and it, oh my god
0: yeah, and, and the thing is, too, like, you know, so there's, like, the terminally online people, like, Cameron and I, who, like, are just joking about this nonstop. But then, like, also, like, like, normies, like, you know, you're, you're, like, my mom was just, like, constantly watching, every, like, CNN, like, looking, like, with the counter on it. Like, you know, my family members are all constantly posting, oh, God, please protect these, these men and all this shit. It was just, like, dude, the fucking nation had submersible hysteria. And uh, well, I'm here to uh, to reinduce that in all of us, at least for the next hour. Yeah, let's try to recapture the magic. I mean, I can yeah. feel the
1: excitement bubbling up inside me. So, it, yeah. Evan told me M- that we were much gonna-
0: like much like uh, the
1: the oxygen bubbles in your blood. If you rise <laughs> to the surface, I know. Too I've quickly. got I've got the left on red bends. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Evan told me we were going to talk about this today, but I, I didn't right. realize until I opened the notes that he had like completely pivoted and written a whole episode about it. So, let's yeah, yeah. let's do it. I'm
0: I'm yeah. fucking ready. All right, so now back in August, Vanity Fair released a long form piece on the disaster called The Titan Submersible Disaster Was Years in the Making, New Details Revealed by Susan Casey. And as I said, reading this immediately sent me back into that mindset of when the actual disaster was occurring, and I was hooked again and need to share this with all of you, dear listeners. So, I'm going to read, so a lot of this episode I'm going to be reading from this and another article. Uh, they are insanely long articles they're such good reads I really really recommend uh especially this first one uh it is a long read I think it took me like an hour or something like that the first time to read it but it's great I highly recommend it but I will be reading a lot of' we'll we'll, we'll this put episode. links to the yeah. articles in the uh yeah. in the show notes yeah <clears throat> all right so reading from the start of the article here 41.73 degrees north 49.95 degrees west North Atlantic Ocean June 18th 2023. Fate cleared up the weather, blew off the fog, and calmed the waves as the Submersible and its five passengers dived through the surface waters and fell into another world. They entered the deep ocean's uppermost layer, known as the Twilight Zone, passing creatures glimmering with bioluminescence, tiny fish with enormous teeth. Then they entered the Midnight Zone, where larger creatures ghost by like alien moons. Two miles down, they entered the Abyssal Zone, so named because it's the literal abyss. Deeper means heavier, pressures of 5,000, then 6,000 pounds per square inch. As it descended, the submersible was gripped in a tightening vise. Maybe they heard a noise then, maybe they heard an alarm. I hope they watched the abyss with awe through their viewport. Uh, side note, that's the one right next to the toilet. Back to the article, because I'd like to think their last sights were magnificent ones. Right as they're... Dude, they're sitting there just like...
1: turn around. Sorry, oh, man, yeah. I had the... I, oh, look, man, a, I had the ribs oh, and the A brisket magnificent, magnificent
2: deep-sea ghost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at...
1: Oh, it's a crack and... Like, dude, yeah, that's, that's how I want to yeah. think of it. I hope yeah. they were magnificent, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so back to the article... Um, As the world now knows, Stockton Rush touted himself as a maverick, a disruptor, a breaker of rules, so far out on the visionary curve that, for him, safety regulations were mere suggestions. (laughs) If you're not breaking things, you're not innovating, he declared at the 2022 GeekWire Summit. (laughs) If you're operating with an unknown environment, as most submersible manufacturers do, they don't break things. To me, the more stuff you've broken, the more innovative you've Dude, been. He's Again, a... my note: I think you can call impl- imploding breaking. So good job. Yeah, stopping. he's
1: he's a he's a he's an innovator of people. He yeah. successfully <laughs> innovated, <laughs> innovated multiple people's... individuals and innovated himself.
0: He he <laughs> innovated their blood into a fucking boiling mess turned... inside of a submersible.
1: He, he's a real innovator in the field of turning people into, like, a fine uniform paste yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and just letting them be distributed yeah. to the four corners of the world.
0: Yeah. Oh. oh, So back to the article.
1: In a way, they'll uh, live forever, you know, as yeah. food for phytoplankton. And, yeah. You know, they've probably already
0: made their way up through the food chain a couple times by now. Yep. Uh, so in a culture that has adopted the ridiculous mantra, move fast and break things... That type of arrogance can get a person far, but in the deep ocean, the price of admission is humility, and it's non-negotiable. The abyss doesn't care if you went to Princeton or that your ancestors signed the Declaration of Independence. If you want to go down into her world, she sets the rules. Alright, so back to my words now. This whole thing right here to me is one of the reasons I'm so drawn towards this story. You know, after the Reagan Revolution of the 80s, everything in this country and the Western world has just more and more been hollowed out by neoliberalism. And, this, and in this hollowing of all the Keynesian fabric that once held the U.S. together, this whole maverick mindset of move fast and break things has become the name of the game, especially in the tech world. And in the tech world, maybe that kind of mindset can, I don't know, be not so damaging, unless you're Elon Musk with Teslas that just run over children when you try to put them into autopilot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for, you know, maybe just making a website, sure, move fast, break things. And if you do break something, it's just the code and not, you know... The, the bones being turned into fucking paste inside of rear passengers.
1: Can, I, can anyway. I make a
0: brief aside
1: on the subject yeah. of, of self-driving cars? Yeah. Um, <laughs> just because I've been seeing a lot of talk now that, like, I just think it's so funny, right? So we live in a country that has moved away. You know, we pioneered uh, a cross-country rail, right, back when that was new yeah. technology. And I think that's truthfully one of the greatest things industrialism ever did. Was 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 rail travel? I think that's great, yeah. right? And I I'm really sad, and I think most people should be sad that you know this country in particular has not kept up with the trends in that because I think yeah. so much of our not even just like our our you know carbon footprint, but just so much of the space in this country is devoted to cars, right? Yeah. But everything's shifted towards cars away from rail, especially you know in the state where Evan and I live. Traveling by rail is an absolute mm-hmm. fucking nightmare, um, mm-hmm. and. So now we've got these self-driving cars coming along and there's all this concern and these legitimate issues with the ability of self-driving cars to function properly on public roads. And there is a legitimate movement to just build like a separate set of roads across the country to enable these self-driving cars to function safely. (laughs) And it's just like, what about the fucking trains? Yeah, (laughs) That's just what trains are and yeah. they're not even as stupid and expensive just build more train tracks yeah <laughs> a high-speed rail and it would be yeah. great it's like a self-driving car but the infrastructure for it is already sort of there and yeah. and we could just have it china has it
0: yeah the uk has it yeah
1: so much of europe has oh. it
0: nope we got we got to build new roads the for these yeah.
1: stupid fucking space cars <laughs>
0: But, yeah.
1: but <laughs> anyway, yeah. sorry, anyway. I digress. I just, oh, yeah. I'm so mad about the fucking cars.
0: I know. But yeah, so, so, as, so you know, for the move fast and break things, again, uh, it's maybe not quite such a good idea when you're going down into something as brutal and unforgiving as the deep sea, uh, which is, you know, uh, uh, making things work in the deep sea is, like, more difficult than going to fucking space because of the pressure. So, like, I also, so... Like, just look at the inside of the Deep Sea Challenger, which is James Cameron's specifically designed Deep Sea Diving Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. He, well, uh, I have it right in the article, oh. uh, for you. Or the, uh, the, 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 the notes. The notes. Great. Yeah. So he helped design it himself as he is one of the world's leading authorities on Deep Sea Diving. And then look at the janky and rid- ridiculous Titan. Like, like yeah. for, for our listeners at home, you know, if you, if you can safely do it again, um. Uh, we don't really want another incident here, but as long as you're not driving, unless you're in a self-driving Just, Tesla, yeah,
1: then, then, then you're gonna die anyway. I mean, yeah. stop masturbating, <laughs> which is what I know you're yeah. doing in your self-driving yeah. car, and jaying
0: yourself <laughs> off. Stop, in there.
1: stop jaying yourself to the Big O, and yeah. <laughs> uh, take a quick break, wipe your yeah. fluids off yourself, and yeah. uh, give this yeah. a Google.
0: Regain your composure yeah. and <laughs> but, swallow dude, the whole it.
1: load, which I mean, that's <laughs> what we all
0: do, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, dude, look at the difference of these two things.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's insane. It's like, insane. Look I mean, how janky... But, but here's the, fucking the thing. Deep, even for the, somebody the, who's just, like, Ocean a Gate stupid, thing. tech-obsessed fucking capitalist yeah. like Stockton Rush, it's like, even if your only reaction to these two things is, like, that bottom one looks, like, a lot more fancy and expensive and better. Yeah. Like... The bottom one has a chair. Yeah. The top one
0: is the inside of a septic tank, bro. Yeah, like,
1: and the bottom one... The bottom one... It's got all these tanks and gauges and and you'll notice it's also much yeah. less space, probably because so much of it is devoted to reinforcing and making sure that yeah. it's structurally sound. Yeah. It's they've got and it's got uh, a seat. Fi- it's got a chair. They've got uh oxygen reserves, they've yeah. got probably fire oh, I see a little fire, they've got fire suppressant. Yeah. They've got all yeah. sorts of shit in there. Stockton Rush, it's literally just an aluminum tube with a little with fucking portable D V D player and an
0: Xbox yeah. controller. And yeah, and he's got a keyboard as well. He's got a keyboard. And there so is a shitter in there. Yeah, there is a shitter. Yeah. Um, maybe James Cameron just wears a diaper. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, like that...
1: Dude, just honestly, do you think James Cameron wears a diaper to go under underwater? I mean, it doesn't
0: look like there's anywhere to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, what happens if you really have to piss when you're down there? Yeah. <laughs> it's either that or like a catheter dude. I'm just so know.
1: I'm imagining this would be like a Imagine really...
0: him pissing into like a two liter bottle. Yeah, he's got, I was gonna on. say
1: he's got a piss jug and then he like hits like turbulence <laughs> and splashes it all over himself. He's like, oh fuck every time.
0: <laughs> or oh, he's got he's got his jug of Mountain Dew on one side and his jug of piss on the other yeah. and accidentally swigs the piss. Yeah, he's got he's oh. got his
1: he's got his bottle of uh his bottle of his shwep- gamer fuel swept ginger ale and his fucking yeah. <laughs> hot frothy piss. <laughs> yeah
0: i fucking... ah, Every time, I... I I gotta pick a different soda. I gotta pick the... I gotta remember which side I put that on. Now, which one of Um, these is my
1: mellow yellow?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which one's my squirt? (laughs) (laughs) I only drink squirt, alright? Get rid of that fucking starry shit. It's only squirt. (laughs)
2: <laughs> dude, I only drink squirt, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only I only drink squirt. Yeah. <laughs> <That> was, um, <laughs> okay. <yeah. laughs> All right.
3: what they said.
2: Okay. All right, so, uh, so <laughs> continuing in the article,
0: um, and uh. the ocean's rules are strict, befitting the gravitas of the realm. To descend into the ocean's abyssal zone, the waters from 10,000 to 20,000 feet, is a serious affair, and because of the annihilating pressures, far more challenging than rocketing into space. The subs that dive into this realm, there aren't many, are tested and tested and tested, Every component is checked for flaws in the pressure chamber and checked again, and every step of this process is certified by an independent marine classification society. This assurance of safety is known as classing a sub. Deep-sea submersibles are constructed of the strongest and most predictable materials, as determined by the laws of physics. In the abyss, that means passengers typically sit inside a titanium or steel pressure hole forged into a perfect sphere, the only shape that distributes pressure symmetrically. That means adding crush-resistant, syntactic foam around the sphere for buoyancy and protection to offset the weight of the titanium. That means redundancy upon redundancy, with no single point of failure. It means a safety plan, a rescue plan, and acute situational awareness at all times. It means respect for the forces in the deep ocean, which Stockton Rush didn't have. Um... Now back to my words here, the author of this article had apparently been following Oceangate for years and was well acquainted with, t- with the ticking time bomb of the submersible over five years of researching and reporting on her book, The Underworld, Journeys to the Depths of the Ocean. Time and again, this author was warned about the submersible from research ships during deep sea expeditions and submersible hangars and at marine science conferences. This is not even an open secret in the community, but apparently an object of paramount concern this author even had a troubling encounter with a company in 2018. And like dude, this shit that she says that Stockton Rush does in this article, including at one point uh pretending that the <laughs> submersible is classed by putting the the decal of the cla- of like the classing uh body mm-hmm. onto uh like like literature about the sub and they had to like threaten to sue him to take it off. He didn't say it was classed, but he put the decal of the classing authority Oh my Onto god, the, this is such a
1: fucking punk.
0: <laughs> dude,
2: he really like, was, he was what? just like,
1: <laughs> like every step of the way he's like, I don't fucking care. Yeah, dude, ah. like, and it's like, he's like a is fucking child, guy, man. Is that the guy you want to go under the yeah. fucking ocean with, the guy who's like, I don't fucking care. Yeah, because <laughs> like all these loser billionaires are the same guy, yeah. so they think he's cool. I like, guess that's true. Yeah, they're probably like, yeah. oh, he's a real visionary, firm handshake, yeah. looked me in the eye, and. Now I'm going to put my son in here with yeah. me. Get in here, Jimmy. We're going to get crammed yeah. in here and shit in a big tube until we get yeah. mulched into paste.
0: Don't drink the fucking squirt. Yeah? <laughs> That's the captains.
2: They're all labeled.
1: I don't want you accidentally yeah. drinking your mother's.
0: <laughs> Every
1: man drinks his own woman's squirt.
2: Um,
0: so the submersible was made of filament wound carbon fiber, an unpredictable material known to fail suddenly under pressure. And you will find no more pressure on Earth than as you descend into the ocean. The community was in disbelief. Um, these, these are my words. Uh, so like Stockton Rush had built, even at one point, a, third scale, a one-third scale model of the Titan in 2015. And lowered it into a pressure chamber. It imploded at 4,000 psi, equivalent to 2,740 meters. It failed when the goal was 4,200 meters of pressure, or 6,000 psi. He might have changed course then, KC writes, stood back for a moment and reconsidered, but he didn't. Instead, OceanGate issued a press release stating that the test had been a resounding success because it demonstrates that the benefits of carbon fiber are real. (laughs) I get like, dude, I get like, it, it constantly... just didn't work.
1: And then he's like, excellent. Exactly what I was hoping for. <laughs> it worked. No, listen, guys, here's the thing it wasn't even supposed to work. That's yeah. why I did it in the first place, because I was trying yeah. to blow the thing up.
0: Yeah. And I mean, this doesn't even get into how apparently the carbon fiber he got from, like, I think it was Lockheed Martin. Uh, because it was carbon fiber that was too old for them to continue using in like aircraft and shit, so he bought like discount from them. <laughs> like the fucking dude. Um,
1: I don't even like so, to buy the fucking meat at the store that they're like, you got to cook this today. That's why it's so cheap. Yeah. I don't even buy that. Yeah. So like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> like, I just don't. He's buying the fucking. Carbon Here's the thing. <laughs> I think you have to be poor. To be too smart to get into one of these things. I think that when you're this rich, you're just, you're too out of the
0: fucking loop. You know a con man when you see one at this point. Yeah, well, right, because
1: everyone's trying to con us. Yeah. When you're poor, like us, your entire life is trying to navigate someone not stealing. Navigating not
0: not having to buy something twice. Right,
1: because (laughs) because you have things to lose. When you're rich, you just don't have things to lose. And so you lose sight of the few things that you actually could lose. Like the structural integrity of your body.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. It's just, it's nuts. So, like, you see this complete and utter twist of events every time something goes wrong in the Titan from Stockton Rush. So, continuing in the article, Rush didn't even break stride. He ran right on ahead, plowing into his director of marine operations, David Lockridge. I mean, he was just fucking the shit out of him. Um, and, uh, uh, um yeah. David? David, we're no. making <laughs> this. Oh, headboard against the fucking wall. You know what I'm saying? Like, um,. But uh, Lockridge had emigrated from Scotland to work for Oceangate, selling his home in Glasgow, moving to Washington State with his wife and seven-year-old daughter. Unlike many of his new colleagues, Lockridge was an established undersea pro, a submersible and remote-operated vehicle pilot, a marine engineer, and underwater inspector for the oil and gas industry. He would piloted rescue subs for the British Navy to save men trapped aboard downed military submarines. I He's like, um... I just
1: want to... Quickly say that as a man of, of Glaswegian heritage, uh, yeah. we don't claim him.
0: No, you do claim this guy. Oh, is this guy good? Smart? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, so by January 2018, the Titan was nearly completed, soon to begin at sea trials. But first, Lockridge, who according to his contract was responsible for, quote, ensuring the safety of all crew and clients during submersible and surface operations, would have to inspect the sub and pronounce it fit to dive. And that wasn't going to happen. Lockridge had been watching the sub's progress with ratcheting alarm. He'd argued with Oceangate's engineering director, Tony Nissen. Oceangate had responded by refusing to let Lockridge examine the work on the sub's oxygen system, computer systems, acrylic viewport, O-rings, and the critical interfaces between its carbon fiber hole and titanium end caps. Mating materials with such wildly divergent pressure tolerances was also not advised. Nissen did not respond to requests for comment. Uh When Lockridge voiced his concerns, he was ignored, so he inspected the Titan as thoroughly as he could. Then he presented Rush and other Ocean Gate senior staff with a 10-page quality control inspection report that listed the sub's problems and the steps needed to correct them. Verbal communication of the key items I have addressed in my attached document have been dismissed on several occasions, Lockridge wrote on the first page. Oh yeah, okay, we so like I, this guy. Yeah, so I feel now I must make this report so there is an official record in place. Basically he's saying, uh, these are my words, basically he's saying, "Oh uh, yeah, these motherfuckers are getting sued, I want to make sure that I am not party yeah. to the fucking lawsuit. I need there lawsuit. to be a written record There, is, there I said <coughs> don't go in the sub. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid the, the, uh, the deposition that is sure to come. <laughs> but uh, back to the article. These issues, he added, were significant in nature and must be addressed. Lockridge listed more than two dozen items that required immediate attention. These included missing bolts and improperly secured batteries, components zip-tied to the outside of the sub, O-ring grooves were machined incorrectly, which could allow water ingress, seals were loose, a highly flammable petroleum-based material lined the Titan's interior, hosing looped around the sub's exterior, creating an entanglement risk, especially at a site like the wreck of the Titanic where spars, pipes, and wires protrude everywhere. Yet even those deficiencies paled in comparison to what Lockridge observed on the hull. The carbon fiber filament was visibly coming apart, riddled with air gaps, delaminations, and Swiss cheese holes. And there was no way to fix that short of tossing the hole in the dumpster. The manufacturing process for carbon fiber filament is exacting. Interwoven carbon fibers are wound around a cylinder and bonded with epoxy, then bagged in cellophane and cured in an oven for seven days. The goal is perfect consistency. Any mistakes are baked in permanently. Right. Uh, So so the article continues with Lockridge routinely suggesting safety inspections, including non-invasive or destructive ones, with Rush basically telling him to fuck off, like scanning the fucking hole, man. It never got done. Yeah. It's like Rush didn't want to see the results because he knew they would be damning. Just keep chugging forward and hope it's not real. And it reminds me of the portrayal of the Chernobyl disaster in the Mm -hmm. HBO miniseries. uh, Whether or not it's historically accurate, um, but refusing to believe the evidence... When you see it and just like covering your eyes. Yeah, right. Like, and they're just like, well, like, it's
1: impossible that the reactor is yeah.
0: exploding because we couldn't
1: create this many rontgens of energy. <laughs> and then the guy comes and he's like, I'm melting. And they're like, Yeah, you can't be melting because yeah. there's impossible. There is no reactor explosion. Yeah, and it's like so yeah, over there it's exploding. The,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, we 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 put in the rods, uh, so it should have uh, should have stopped the reaction. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But um. <clears throat> So, uh, so Lockridge filed a report to Oceangate with uh, recommendations to improve the safety of the craft for him to sign off on it. He was fired immediately, <laughs> and Oceangate sued Lockridge and his wife, who did not work at Oceangate or in the industry at all. They even threatened deportation. Uh, and now here's where shit gets good. All right, This was just child's play before. This is where it gets fucking wicky good. So from the article. Ironically, Lockridge had saved Rush for himself at least once before, uh, from himself at least once before. In June 2016, Rush piloted OceanGate's shallow diving sub, the Cyclops One, to the site of the Andrea Doria, a hulking 700-foot ocean liner and epic entanglement hazard that had sunk in 1956 yep. off Nantucket in a patch of the Atlantic known for its murky fog and seething currents. The ship lies in 240 feet of turbid water pubwebbed with discarded fishing lines. At that depth, it is accessible, and just barely, to advanced scuba divers, 18 of whom have died there. Rush was headed down to capture sonar images of the shipwreck with Lockridge and three clients. Word gets around in the deep sea community. I learned what happened next from two sub-pilots from other companies who both told me the same story on different occasions after hearing it from Oceangate personnel. I also reviewed correspondence related to Ocean Gate's lawsuit against Lockridge and his wife, in which Lockridge describes the incident. Lockridge declined to be interviewed. Um, So, As chief pilot and the person responsible for operational safety, Lockridge had created a dive plan that included protocols for how to approach the wreck. Any entanglement hazard demands caution and vigilance, touching down at least 50 meters away and surveying the site before coming any closer. Rush disregarded these safety instructions. He landed too close got tangled in the current, managed to wedge the sub beneath the Andrea Doria's crumbling bow, and descended into a full-blown panic. Lockridge tried to take the helm, but Rush had refused to let him, melting down for over an hour until finally one of the clients shrieked, Give him the fucking controller! At which point, Rush hurled the controller, a video game joystick, at Lockridge's head. Lockridge freed the sub in fifteen minutes. Oh my god, dude! This sounds like an like an absolute nightmare. Being stuck in a
1: little thing with just a man child having a full blown tantrum was like yep. I'd rather we all die. And then finally, he the guy's like, "Admit just, I fucked up Just give me the fucking controller. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, he must have felt like such a loser. Yeah. That's why he
0: had to go to the Titanic. Yeah. So the expedition had been planned to include ten dives. But instead, it ended abruptly with Oceangate citing, quote, adverse weather conditions. After returning to shore in Boston, Rush held a press conference. We were able to view the Andrea Doria area for nearly four hours because they were stuck. Yeah, (laughs) we we had a good view of it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, just wait. (laughs) Which is more than 10 times longer than scuba divers can, he announced. The dive, Oceangate's website noted, had focused on the bow of the vessel. Which they were stuck underneath because of this guy. Again, just spinning it. Like,
3: <laughs> like oh my god, dude. Yeah, oh, this guy rocks.
1: Fucking... He, he fucking rocks. It had been focused on the bow of the vessel. Are you wearing your as Hill, Hill Farmstead shirt? this dude's melting shirt? down. What? Are you wearing your Hill Farmstead shirt? Yeah. Oh, cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. Dude, just... Oh my god.
0: This, oh.
1: Beautiful. Yeah, dude. fucking wild. I love this man. Fucking wild. I love didn't. I didn't, I didn't know about this tantrum
0: under the Andrea Doria. Yeah, yeah this is yeah, this was uh from reporting in this article. This is why, dude, this is this is why this article immediately just like reignited my love. Yeah. For this event. Um Yeah, this is a so fucking this, hit piece. She's she's <laughs> yeah, absolutely d- dunking on this guy. D- oh yeah, posterizing this idiot yeah. and his dumbass fucking clients. Like, dude, oh my god. Uh, I guess maybe not the client so much although there is a long section on that guy uh was it APH Narjale or whatever yeah. his name is who was the guy who should have known better and still got into this thing yeah and got himself imploded um, now uh, uh, <clears throat> so uh, so Susan Casey even talks about how the Titan had a system in place advertised by Rush that warned acoustically when the submersible was nearing implosion there were quote very specific snapping sounds. There's no other acoustic hole monitoring system in the world. True, writes Casey. No other deep sea submersible in the world had such a system because no other deep sea ne- sub needed one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're all made out of fucking steel, dude. <laughs> they don't. They don't crack like that. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so going back to the article, fortunately, I knew enough to speak to a few people before I got anywhere near the Titan. One phone call was all it took. Terry Kirby, the veteran chief—that's funny—the uh, veteran chief pilot of the University of Hawaii's two deep sea subs, the Pisces IV and the Pisces V, recoiled when I asked him what he thought about OceanGate. Be careful of that, he warned. That guy has the whole submersible community really concerned. He's just basically ignoring all the major engineering rules. He paused to make sure this had sunk in, and then added emphatically, "Do not get into that sub. He is going to have a major accident."
2: Jesus Christ! <laughs> so
1: everybody that knew what they were talking about was just watching this guy, yeah. like,
0: "Yo, this dude's gonna fucking die."
2: Yeah, uh, he's gonna die, and he's down going there, to huh? kill people. Yeah, oh. I mean,
0: James Cameron. James Cameron said the same thing when he was interviewed by like CNN yeah. right after it happened. He was like, "Dude, we have all been saying this for years yeah. that they are going to have an incident yeah. where they kill people." yeah um so continuing later in the article Ugh. on the titan's second te- deep test dive in april 2019 an attempt to reach 4,000 meters in the bahamas the sub protested with such blood-curdling cracking and gunshot noises that its descent was halted at 3760 meters rush was the pilot and he had taken three passengers on this highly risky plunge one of them was Carl Stanley, a seasoned submersible pilot, who would later describe the noises as the hull yelling at you. Stanley was no stranger to Risk. He would built his own experimental, unclassed sub and operated it in Honduras. But even he was so rattled by the dive that he wrote several emails to Rush, urging him to postpone the Titans' commercial debut less than two months away. So even this other idiot was like, dude, yeah. get that fucking thing yeah, out of the Yeah, even this other dumb shit was just like, dude, you're being a dumb fucking shit. Yeah. Um, The carbon fiber was breaking down, Stanley believed. I think that hull has a defect near that flange that will only get worse. The only question in my mind is will it fail catastrophically or not? He advised Rush to step back and conduct 50 unmanned test dives before any other humans got into the sub. True to form, Rush dismissed the advice. One experiential data point is not sufficient to determine the integrity of the hull, telling Stanley to, quote, keep your opinions to yourself. (laughs) I remember him saying at one point to me that one of the reasons why he had me on that dive was he expected that I would be able to keep my mouth shut about anything that was of a sensitive nature, Stanley told me in a phone interview. Like what? I asked. I don't think he wanted everybody knowing about the cracking sounds. (laughs) Shortly after that, Rush did make an accommodation to reality. He sent out a press release heralding the Titan's history-making deep-sea dive to 3760 meters with four crew members, and then a month later cancelled the 2019 Titanic expedition. He had previously scrubbed the 2018 expedition, claiming that the Titan had been hit by lightning. <laughs> now, Rush was off to build a new hull. Like, what? It was like, hit by lightning? Yeah.
2: Like, what are
1: you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I worked with a guy for a while huh? who claimed that he was struck by lightning. That was, So he was, like, legendary. He would find ways yeah. to, like, get himself out of work and stuff. And, you know, we, yeah. I've had my run-ins with that when I was struggling with things, whatever. But yeah Uh, he always just had like insane reasons and he once he was like yeah i I came back from walking my dog and there had been a thunderstorm and i felt strange and i think i must have been hit by lightning uh but so he he was like you know i don't want to like give too much away but yeah um yeah he was like i think i must have been struck by lightning and everyone was like hey man um that's not the sort of thing that you're on the fence about like if you get hit by lightning uh you know that it happened and if you don't know (laughs) Someone in your immediate vicinity knows and they'll let you know. But like you're just you're just hungover. You know yeah, yeah. What I mean <laughs> you, like you can just
0: you can just say that. You did not get hit by lightning. <laughs> yeah, my friend. Yeah. Um anyway, yeah, I mean the the article just keeps going and going and going with this kind of thing. Event after event basically signaling that the shit is going to pop and implode one of these days, and Russ just telling everyone to fuck off and that they're trying to cancel his design. You guys
1: just don't want me to have any fun and it
0: well, sucks. Alright, and now continuing. So, when the world learned of the Titan's disappearance on June 18th, no one I know in deep sea circles believed that it was simply lost, floating somewhere unseen because the mind reels, it didn't have an emergency beacon. (laughs) No one believed that its passengers were slowly running out of oxygen. If the sub were entangled amid the Titanic wreck, that wouldn't explain why its tracking and communication signals had vanished simultaneously at 3,347 meters. The fear was collapse, Leahy said bluntly. The fear was always pressure hole failure with that craft. But the families didn't know, and the public didn't know, and it would be ghastly not to hope for some slim chance of survival, some possible miracle. But which was better to hope for, that they perished in an implosion at supersonic speed? Or that they were alive with hardly a chance of being found left to suffocate for four days in a sub that had all the comforts of an MRI machine. Yeah, great. Right, exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. When I found out that they were bolted in, Kirby told me, his voice anguished, they couldn't even evacuate and fire a flare. You know there's a really good reason for those hatch towers. It gives everyone a chance to make it out. Again, so just my side again, remember, it, they bolted the outside. Fucking like, dr- yeah. like bolt. Yeah. They bolted you in. Uh, the lack of the hatch and the ocean gate design was a serious deviation from any and all submersible design safety regulations that exist today. Conan wrote in an email. Second and Kirby, all subs need to have hatches. Every
1: hey, just every vehicle should have a door in it.
0: Yeah. Let's <laughs> speak. We were talking about Elon earlier. You know yeah. the fucking Teslas that just lock you in when they get caught on fire because yeah. the battery explodes. Right. Um, oh. Oh God. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's just, fucking crazy.
1: This is such a such an absurd story. It did. It, I mean, it was an absurd story without all these details, but like, yeah. Oh my god! Just do it. Just dude, makes yeah. It 10 just times worse. again,
0: like 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 how the author she puts it right there, floating somewhere, unseen because because the mind reels. It didn't have an emergency beacon. Yeah. Like an and analog, like something that
1: literally just lights up, so that yeah. people can say, "Hey, there they are."
0: Just like not yeah. even that just lets out some little sonar you know or whatever it's saying you know letting people know where you are no there's none of that there's only the connection to the mothership and if that goes that's it like yeah this guy had such an unbelievable amount of faith that his uh,
1: his bad idea just would never fail like there was just no need for any kind of contingency plan because like no this is just it will just work um forever and it will just i mean it's worked to
0: this point yeah Yeah, I haven't I haven't I haven't fucking boiled my blood in an implosion yet. Yeah. Fucking. I mean, it is just fucking nuts. Like, the story rules. It's so good. I love it. And now, unfortunately, we have to go to a very uncool story, which is The Final Voyage of the Nautilus. And uh, this comes from... um, So this was quoted, this story, uh, in the Vanity Fair article uh, that I just read. Um, And it it led me to the story of the Nautilus six years ago, wherein another renegade designer, Peter Madsen, developed and piloted a 58-foot submarine, and therein... And I will give a content warning here. Mm-hmm. Murdered and dismembered a female journalist he had invited on board, and apparently during the investigation, it was discovered that he had been harboring some predilections towards violence against women. And uh, you know, total speculation on my part. Maybe this not being the first time he used his sub for this reason. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, this is from a wired. Uh, so this is from the Wired article, "The Final Terrible Voyage of the Nautilus." By May Jong. and uh, I was even, you know, there's, you know, a few instances of like these deep sea kind of, uh, just gruesome deep sea events. Um, but this is this is just uh, another one because Peter Madsen seems a lot like a Stockton Rush kind of guy. Yeah, I wanted to talk about it. So, um, Ugh. yeah. So, uh, Kim Wall, uh, was a was a female was a freelance journalist, and she was aiming to write a book on extreme machines as a freelance journalist when she learned about. Uh, rival Danish rocket makers, Peter Madsen and Christian von Bengsten, the latter being a former NASA contractor. So at her, at the time of her meeting with Madsen, Wall was engaged to her partner Ulla Stoba. Uh, Wall finally got a text on one of her last nights in town in Denmark at a going away party with her fiancé. Um, you know they they were they were uh, engaged to be married, and they, and they were uh you know she was uh. I think they were both from Denmark. Or no, she was from Sweden. He was from Denmark. But they, you know, they were they were with some like friends and family and all that. So Madsen, uh, Peter, uh, Madsen sends her a text, invites her onto his submarine in order to get her her interview that she had been asking for. Uh, she asked uh, her fiance Stoba to come with, but as they had the group assembled, he decided to stay behind. So she boarded the submarine at 7 p.m. and texted a picture to Stoba and then sent photos of windmills in the water and another of herself at the steering wheel. Uh, They even sailed by the party and waved to Stoba aboard the submarine, and that was the last time Stoba would see Wall, his fiancée. So, like Rush, Madsen was a rebel who routinely attempted unsafe things during his innovations, even dating back to a young age. He was another, like, rich asshole, Um, and he was, like, involved in, like... Like clubs making rockets and shit like that when he was young, that would like scare of other of the rocket makers because of how unsafe they were. And uh, he also just so happened to idolize Werner von Braun, uh, the Nazi aerospace engineer that the U.S. hired to help develop the Apollo missions. Uh, and that's not his only uh, 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 enjoyment with Nazis. Let's just say, hmm. um, <clears throat> Matson was apparently a frequent guest at sexual fetish communities, and also routinely hired escorts. Uh, he apparently uh, routinely also used his submarine to lure women for sex so later in the night of wall's disappearance stoba was worried because they were supposed to leave for a wedding early in the morning and he obviously had not heard from her um he waited by the pier then went back to his room tried to sleep and then grabbed his bike and rode around the island searching for her he called the police just before 2 a.m and later he called the navy as wall was missing uh, just before 4 a.m., police were notified of a possible accident by the local Maritime Rescue Center. Helicopters and ships scouted the waters, and the Nautilus was discovered in a desolate stretch of coastline near a lighthouse. Madsen was seen in the submarine tower by a, by a man helping in the search. He saw Madsen go down the tower and re-emerge from the hatch as the sub sank. Madsen claimed a defect in the ballast tank caused it to sink. So from the article. Stobo was at the deck where the press had gathered that morning as Madsen gave his thumbs up. He knew that something was off and braced for the worst. Still, he wasn't prepared for what was to come. Later that day, the police put out a statement saying that Madsen had told him that he had dropped off Wall on the tip of the island. The police clearly did not believe him. They arrested him and charged him with involuntary manslaughter for having killed, in an unknown way, in an unknown place, Kim Isabel Frederico Wall of Sweden sometime after Thursday 5 p.m. The next day, a Saturday, Matson appeared in court at a closed-door session. He hadn't dropped wall off on the island. She died in an accident abo- on board the submarine, he said. His story was changing. A hatch had fallen on her head, and he panicked, he would claim. He said he dragged her body out of the submarine by a rope and buried her at sea.
1: Yeah, buried at sea is a... <clears throat> is a that's a... I mean, that's a stretch.
0: Yeah. um, He dumped her. On August- he dumped her. Yeah. Well, no, he not quite Yeah. No, I know, so but that's on what he's saying. 20, yeah. On August 21st, a cyclist riding along on Amager, or Amager Island, not far from where the submarine sank, came across a torso that had washed ashore. The next day, DNA analysis confirmed that the torso belonged to Wall. On September 5th, a court approved the prosecutor's request to change the charge against Madsen to manslaughter. Mm. An autopsy later revealed that she had been stabbed 15 times in and around her vagina. Then, one month later, divers found her head, clothing, and a knife in plastic bags in the waters not far from where her torso was found. They also found both her legs tied to pieces of metal. Despite these discoveries, Madsen stuck to his story. Wallet hit her head and died, and he disposed of her body, but he denied killing her or dismembering her. Even after divers found a saw that might have been used to dismember Wall's body, even after the police searched Madsen's computer and discovered videos that appeared to show a woman being strangled, decapitated, and tortured, he stuck to his story. People then started telling stories about Madsen after his arrest, indicating some very concerning behavior. From the article, Others re-examined old incidents and behaviors, Madsen can swing between rage and euphoria. One volunteer at Copenhagen Suborbitals told me that if something did not please Madsen, He would behave like a child who just lost his toy or dropped his ice cream or something. When his mood turned, most people would know what was going to happen, so they would stay away from him before stuff started flying. Mm. Volunteers said Madsen threw hammers, screwdrivers, and other tools. One volunteer, who asked to be identified by his initials, SW, helped build the Nautilus. He recalled how Madsen would go from being supportive to pensive, jubilant, exasperating, and sarcastic. It's hard for us to understand what drives a madman because we are not mad, Falkenberg told me. He then described a recurring joke. Madsen would pretend to be a violent Nazi and would mime hitting Falkenberg, saying, Should I punch you in the kidneys? Or Madsen might joke, What if I inject battery acid into your veins? There was also a lot of joking around about Nazis in the workshop. Crew members called each other by Nazi-inspired nicknames. Madsen was called Kaleun for... Captain Lieutenant, a nod to the 1981 film Das Boot about a fictional German U-boat unit during World War II, Falkenberg said, "When they went out in the sub, the crew spoke German, reciting lines from the film." Yeah. So, uh, generally speaking, if you can't stop joking around about Nazis and pretending to be a Nazi and making Nazi references, am I, in my personal uh, opinion, you're probably a fucking Nazi? Yeah. It's not a good look. Yeah. Yeah, like, if you, like, dress up like a Nazi and make Nazi jokes and say, like, hey, can you call me this Nazi name? Like, I don't think it's... And you say it all in German? <laughs> yeah, and you, yeah, you speak German when you do this. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, it might be more than irony. But, yeah, he apparently... Showed frequently, routinely showed admiration for the Third Reich and its regime, always as these fucking Nazi fucking pieces of shit. I'm sure we've all met them before. You, you these, call these, them like, Veraboo Sickos. <laughs> yeah, Veraboo Sickos. You know, uh, you know, they'll say things that, like, well, what with the Nazis, some of what the Nazis did were in excess, and I don't agree with that. But there was good done as well. Yeah, you know that person's a fucking Nazi. Yeah. And they're trying to fucking wash Nazi ideology to make it seem less, uh, I don't know, like they're a fucking Nazi. <laughs> but um, yeah so uh, uh, again from the article um, on October 30th the Copenhagen police reported that Matson had changed his account of that night in August yet again he said Kim might have died from carbon monoxide poisoning he also admitted to dismembering her body three weeks later the police found an arm in Koga Bay weighed down with pipes eight days after that they found another arm Matson's lawyer Bettina Hald Engmark declined to comment for the story and further down in the article On January 16th, the police released a statement announcing that Madsen was being indicted for homicide that took place with prior planning and preparation, and also charged him with sexual relations other than intercourse of a particularly dangerous nature, as well as for dismemberment. A week later, the full indictment provided more excruciating details. Madsen had brought on board a saw, knife, sharpened screwdrivers, straps, zip ties, and pipes. Matson had bound beaten and stabbed Kim before killing her, possibly by choking or cutting her throat, the indictment said. Matson's lawyer told the New York Times that she was puzzled by the indictment. The case is scheduled to go to trial on March 8th, with a verdict expected in April. This is an older article. In between is March 23rd, which would have been Kim's thirty-first birthday. During the trial it came out that Matson had, as I said before, videos on his computer of women being murdered, and people claim that Madsen would routinely watch videos of decapitations. And uh, his prison time uh, has included being assaulted by a younger inmate, having a relationship with a female guard, and briefly, and a briefly successful escape before being re-detained. Here's what
1: I'm going to say. I believe in humane imprisonment, right? I do. And in, yeah. in, in a lot of ways, the Scandinavian countries are like at the forefront of that. But I've heard yeah. so many stories about people just fucking escaping from prison there. Like Vard yeah.
0: Vikernes, he fucking
1: escaped yeah. from prison. And he yeah. he admitted to killing and his a room, guy.
0: His room looked nicer than our UMass Dartmouth door I remember us having that
1: conversation because <laughs> yeah. we watched. Uh, was it when the light takes us that he was in? What's the documentary yeah. that when he was still yeah, in prison? Yeah, it's when the light takes us. Yeah, and he. Uh, it's, his, it's basically Fenris. Yeah, and he like fun. had like a Sega Genesis in there and like. Yeah,
0: this shit was tight.
1: It was like a nice looking room it was and clean. Like I, get,
0: I I think the Scandinavian they they do it better. Uh, then here there in are
1: America. a lot of good things, and I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and yeah. defend the U S. you know prison industrial complex because yeah. it's the fucking worst. People are treated inhumanely, whatever. But yeah. I mean, geez, the fucking wheeze. like yeah. it's too many fucking people breaking out. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. got to be and like. Also, some why would you want to
0: break out? That sounds like everything. Oh my god, like, it sounds great. It doesn't even well, look that here's bad. Here's the thing:
1: we're thinking of it like normal people who aren't yeah. into murdering. Uh, yeah. Those people
0: want to get out because they can't do their hobby. They want to murder. Their... Yeah. 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 They can't. They can't chop up people. But that. So. So again, this is total speculation on my part. I don't have to say allegedly for anything else because he got fucking. Uh, you know, he went to prison for this yeah. shit. I will say that I'm completely speculating, but the fact that he had a kill kit on that sub. Yeah. And was known for luring women there, and that like woman, like there are like brutal murders in that area, in in Denmark. I have to wonder if that was the first time he did it. Yeah, maybe it was the first time in the sub. But well, no, I'm saying yeah, be, if that I, wasn't his M.O.,
1: dude, what a rich guy way to be a fucking murderer to lure women to your sub. Couldn't even and kill be in them. like his old station. And then wagon he just did
0: it one time to a reporter who everybody knew that she was there. Yeah and was texting people from there. Yeah, he got he got too lost
1: in the sauce. Yeah. Her boyfriend was going to go. What would he have done then? Tried to kill them both.
0: Yeah. Seriously. Like But anyway, hey, yeah.
1: What a fucking monster, dude.
0: Yeah. Like really, yeah. The the article's fucking brutal, man. There's a lot of like rancid shit about yeah. this guy. Yeah.
1: I, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, he looks like a
0: fucking freak, too. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he doesn't look good.
0: Yeah. But anyway, um, and, you know, I was even going to talk a bit about this, like, uh, uh, also this other event um, about, like, uh, like people who do, like, deep-sea diving for, like, uh, like oil rigs, and, like, where they have to, like, spend a week in decompression chambers every, like, I think it's, like, 100 meters that they go down or something like that, mm-hmm. and there was this one event where uh, a mistake was made where they accidentally deep uh, or, you know, opened up the chamber to the actual like pressure outside of it mm. to the water and people got sucked out and like their intestines like pulled out of them yeah and shit yeah yeah it'll they- they'll come out of like, your a, mouth and your anus yeah yeah there's like a famous story of like a whole crew of divers who died because like uh they accidentally like depressurized the chamber yeah uh as they were like uh you know going down so it's like a whole month that you have to spend going down and then coming back up uh, and yeah, these people just, yeah, they just got like one dude got pulled through a hole like six inches wide, I think, or something like that diameter. Like his whole body got pulled through it. Brutal shit. But anyway, I decided not to do, do that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we're not going to, we won't talk about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: anyway, yeah. yeah that, I mean, that's a, a fucked up little postscript to a, a <laughs> it's a much more fucked up submarine story.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's not a funny fun one. No. The first one's fun.
1: The first one's
0: yeah. And this one's yeah. not. No. But. but yeah. Yeah, got some uh got some pressure madness going on. Yeah. Oh. Uh
1: one thing I want to mention before I forget, which isn't related mm. to any of this stuff, but just at some point <laughs> I wanted yeah. to say it. Uh and we're we obviously obviously aren't getting any kind of uh Reward for saying this sort of thing, but uh, a show that I think Evan and I are both like massively uh, inspired by, and sort of one of the first shows I think that we both really like geeked out on, um, Blowback. Uh, Season four is out now, and I really cannot recommend enough that you guys go. I think they charge you 25 bucks for a year's access and every new season that comes out, so it's 25 bucks, you get all the episodes and 10 bonus episodes. Show yeah. fucking rules, and this season is about the history of you know colonialism in Afghanistan culminating with all the yeah. lovely modern mm. developments there. Um, and those guys just really, 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 really do the hell out of that fucking show. And I, th- yeah. I think it's the best mm. in the game. And I, I don't know. I just wanted to shout it out and say I think you guys should Great all go, I'll go listen to it. My guess is that people that listen to the show probably are already on that. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're yeah, not, if you're, if you're, not, if you're someone who that. listens to our show and you're yeah. just like, oh, this is cool, dude, that is the sort of thing that, like, Evan and I listen to. And we're like, Jesus Christ. Even I was listening to it just from, like, a production standpoint. The way that they intro the yeah. first episode of season four of that show, so well done. And mm-hmm. uh, anyway, yeah. that's all. Just wanted to mention it
0: yeah yeah i mean i've had a love of afghanistan are learning that since uh college yeah. with my uh, brian glenn williams classes which uh was very funny i will i will mention i've heard brian glenn williams name brought up before in uh other podcasts including like very popular ones uh, about uh about blowback from you know afghanistan and all that kind of shit mm-hmm. i'm just like yo i personally know that man i um, wonder
1: if he'll come up in this one
0: I'm not sure. I heard him mentioned on and on once yeah. when they were doing a, a Boston Marathon bombing one. Because we went to fucking college with Jahar Zarnaev. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, although I didn't know him. I never even had a class with him, but yeah. He did, I mean, he did work for the CIA. Oh, yeah, yeah, Brian Williams. Yeah, yeah, no, he 100% did. Yeah. I had a I had a seminar on terrorism with him. And I still, although there's still to this day, I have yet to hear a single podcast say, Go Hek- Hekmachar's name right. <laughs> which i mean that's how brian like brian glenn williams had pictures of himself with abdul Rashid Dostum, yeah like holding fucking ak's and like told me a story about him drinking the fermented horse milk with uh dust doom and shit but uh yeah like i had like a terrorism seminar with him and i did i did my uh that that seminar on Golbuddin Hekmachar's uh terrorist cell has be islami goldbuddin He was,
1: Brian Williams was actually my advisor for the entirety of my time at UMass Dartmouth, and I think I met him once yeah i was the worst college student of all time i think yeah. like my sophomore or junior year i finally made an appointment with him he was like have i been your advisor this whole time and i was like yeah <laughs> dude and he's like so how's it going i was like no fucking clue not good no <laughs> no, no. Not no, no actually <laughs> i but here's the thing i just winged it and so by the end it yeah. was going well like yeah, my yeah, grades yeah. my my for at least the second half or the second two yeah. thirds of my college career were good but that first year was was enough it it dragged my yeah. gpa way down um yeah. It's a lot easier to do that than it is to bring it back up.
0: Yeah, I know. I uh, My first semester, I had, like, a two-point, like, fucking something GPA. And, like, the rest of my college career, I think it was, uh, for the most part, above 3.2. But I still only graduated with, like, a 3.2. Something like that. Yeah,
1: I graduated
0: with... It a... was just like, damn, dude, that one fucking semester, like, dragged me down that much. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I graduated around the same point. Um, yeah low threes but that yeah. yeah i my first year was bad it was bad yeah but whatever hey got that degree yeah. dog no one gives a yeah. shit about
0: that gpa And i got them stupid yellow tassels too for cum laude really yeah i wasn't magna right. or sumo but i was just regular cum you did cum loudly yeah i did cum loudly yeah yeah
1: fuck yeah yeah um shit man brother. it's it's so yeah. easy to hit an hour on this show it really is yeah. Uh, that was great. I I am so fucking – I don't know. It, it's just such a fascinating – not just story, yeah. but, like, the idea of, like, being the type of guy that would that would wind up at the center of a story like that. Like Yeah. I don't know. It's like you make it to that point. You've got the success that everybody's hoping for, the money and shit. And yeah. so you're just like, how could I fucking add drama to my life because it's boring now? It's boring not having to worry about anything. So – how do I, and you're just, you find ways, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes you do it in ways that are dangerous, but not too crazy. Like maybe you get into skydiving. Okay. That's, mm. you know, there's a certain level of insanity to that, but there's also like yeah. a tried and true method there. But yeah. then other way, other times you it's like, <laughs> that's not enough. I got to yeah. fucking go to the Titanic and they're like, cool. Well, you're rich enough. You could go. We've got these subs. If you give us a grant, you're like could, no, I want to go no, with no, the, no, the con no, man. No. I want to make a sub. And they're like, but you don't know how to make a sub. You could hire. And he's like, yeah, but I've got the septic tank. You could and I'm like, that could probably go. For you could D. hire a guy who knows. He's like, no, 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 no. That's the thing. I don't like any of those guys. They're all dickwads. Yeah. So I'm yeah. just gonna do it. They're all pussies. Oh my god. They're, they're like, oh, but you're gonna you're gonna at shit. least like follow the regulations, right? He's like, no, no, no. Regulations are
0: stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just those no. I'm pussies. just gonna do it. I'm just gonna yeah. do it. And then I'm going to charge people $250,000 and turn them into putty. Yeah, man.
1: Jesus, just jump out of a plane. Go fucking, you know, give James Cameron a million bucks. I bet he'll take you down. You can put that money towards something important, you know?
0: Yep. Anyway. Yep, it's wild. Yep. Yeah, dude, yeah. Look at the Deep Sea Challenger. That shit's fucking nuts. Yeah. And that, that's to go down to the Challenger Deep, you know, in the Mariana Trench. Yeah.
1: Deep Sea Challenger.
0: It's just like, a, it's just a cylinder. Yeah, it's just like this huge cylinder, yeah. Like, he tells a story one time of going down there and, like, all the systems, like, stop working for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's having, like, trouble, like, getting his bearings. And he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this isn't great. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. yeah so the yeah he's sitting in a in a perfect sphere yeah yep hmm interesting yep all right well uh we hope you enjoyed that episode uh dear listeners as always we spread by word of mouth so please uh tell people about us tell your friends tell your family members tell your coworkers. uh tell anybody um and also uh if you enjoy the show, please rate and review on iTunes. You can rate it on Spotify or the podcast player of your choosing, whichever one you use. And uh, with that note, uh, we will see you in the Mariana Trench. Yeah, that's what
1: I—that's what I call my butthole.
2: Bye. We'll see you there.